Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you, Jay, and greetings to everyone. My friend Mike Winkler tells of a time in history just after the Civil War. And from the study guide, One Word, page 40, Mike tells us about it. The Civil War left a horrific aftermath of pain, bitterness, and hatred through our great nation. While the guns had fallen silent, the bitter incriminations persisted. Many could not or would not forget and forgive what had been done. One man who refused to be a participant in the perpetual hate and bitterness was General Robert E. Lee. General Lee, through his words and actions, strongly advocated the reconciliation between the northern and southern states. The war was over, and the wise general knew that the future of the nation required a new attitude for a new day. The Grey Knight, until his death, was never heard to speak a harsh or unmerciful word about those who were formerly his enemies. To illustrate, on one occasion in Lexington, Virginia, where General Lee lived, a woman loyal to the southern states showed him the scarred remains of a tree in her yard. The tree had been damaged beyond saving by the artillery fire of the Union Army. The woman, thinking the Grey Knight would empathize with her outrage, waited expectantly for his response. After a few moments, General Lee responded, Cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. Mercy is defined in Merriam-Webster's dictionary as showing compassion or forbearance to an offender. In the scripture for today, Matthew 18, 1-5, we read of a man who enjoys the mercy of his master, but foolishly is unwilling to extend the same compassion to his fellow worker. As a consequence, the mercy he receives is retracted, and he is placed in prison until he could pay the totality of his debt. Today, this tragic story reminds us of the necessity of extending mercy to others so that we can receive mercy. Matthew 18, 35, Matthew 5, verse 7, and chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. We're going to study about the necessity of mercy from this parable in Matthew 18, 23 through 35. But first, as we always do, we extend thanks to the editorial board of One Word, and especially to board member and co-editor Dale Jenkins for permission to use this material on the International Gospel Hour. We are indebted to them for their good work and our fellowship with them. And now... Our Jay Webb has something for you. Jay? Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. Please go and peruse our website. Hit the Contact tab and leave us a message, or the Survey tab and let us know where you hear our programs. Please check out the Free tab as well for a variety of materials you may use in your studies. Again, that's internationalgospelhour.com. And now, let's return to our study. From Matthew 18, 23-35, we see a beautiful parable of mercy and forgiveness with a great lesson to learn, that we are to extend forgiveness and mercy to others. It all began within this discussion of the question of Peter in Matthew 18, 21. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him, up to seven times? 
It is said of the rabbis of this time had added in an opinion which became binding that you forgave someone three times and that was it. Well, with that in mind, Peter was quite lenient. But what an answer the Lord granted in Matthew 18:22, Seventy times seven. You know, this is the only parable that reminds us of the magnitude of God's forgiveness and mercy. Let's look at this quickly. First of all, in verses 23 through 27, we're going to see the undeserving servant. We see it as a parable of the kingdom, so we're dealing with salvation. A kingdom has a king, and that's God, and the servants are the faithful or the Christians. And the servants have a charge unto them. We understand this from Romans six seventeen and 18, as those that are Christians are bondservants of Jesus Christ. Romans 14 and verse 12 reminds us that we shall all give an account of ourselves before God. And this introduction of this parable reminds us of a simple fact and truth, that we one day will stand before God. Verses 24 and 25 speaks of the payment of the debt. This is a debt that would be in the billions. I mean, the amount is absolutely stunning. Take the thought of owing 10,000 talents. The average taxation yearly was 1,000 talents. Again, it's just an unreal debt. And the mercy and the perseverance of this king. Folks, it is just like sin. Forgiveness is so impossible on our part. You know, I like to ask this question. Aren't you glad you are not in charge of forgiving your sin? And Jesus is using the cruel treatment that is opposed upon debtors. Family could even be sold in biblical times to make up a debt. Relatives would have to pay the debt. Imprisonment could be upon them. But then in verse 26, we see the pleading of the debtor. And really, he could not. I mean, there's no way that he could pay it. Just like there is no way we could begin to pay God for his mercy and his forgiveness. And this parable tells us how great God's grace is. Notice, he said, have patience with me. To the king, would you defer your anger? Would you be slow to punish? But you know what, friends? All the patience and time in the world could never pay that debt. He was truly pleading. This reminds us of Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteousness ban his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 27, we see the pity of the king, and he forgave him. I mean, it's the only way he could have gotten out of debt, and the forgiveness was a dismissal or a release to send forth and send away. When he turned and walked away without a debt, Oh, that is amazing, dear friends. And this reminds us of Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. From this section we realize that the payment of debt reminds us how great sin is. It weighs us with guilt. It leads us in directions we need not go. And we best be pleading with the one who releases us from that debt of sin and the only one that can dismiss us. This section of the parable is like a review and application of the first 11 verses of Matthew 18. It's being as a child of the Father and a reminder the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Let me pause here and ask, would you love to know more about Jesus and God's mercy and forgiveness? Listen to our J-Web. Kind listeners. 
Would you love to know more about Jesus? To know more of the victory one has in Christ? We have a special study in one booklet called Victory in Jesus, and it is absolutely free. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Victory Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say Victory Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Victory Study. We'll send it as soon as possible. We appreciate our listeners and your interest in the things of Christ. And now, let's return to Jeff and our study. And now we return to Matthew 18, and let's look at verses 28 through 31 at the unfortunate servant. Dear friends, you come to this point in this parable, and you just have to be puzzled. This man has walked away debt-free, a servant in good standing with his king, and he is forgiven. He's got it made and can really do some good, but he becomes the unfortunate servant. Verse 28 tells us he went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, an amount way less than he owed the king. He laid his hands on him, took him by the throat, said, Pay me what you owe. And when he asked to have patience with him, he put him into prison. Now, this debt is believed to be a little under $12,000. It's still a steep debt, but it's nothing like the billions that he owed. And it could have been paid back. But he became unforgiving. The unfortunate servant is now an unforgiving servant. How could he do such? His heart was not what it should be. How could he forget how merciful the king was to him? And when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry or they were grieved and told unto the Lord all that was done. But do you know the Lord, the king, he knew anyway because they are his servants. And this was all firsthand. This was troubling to them. Dear friends, this part of the parable, I have to pause and ask myself a tough question. Do I take my fellow servants by the throat, if you will? Do I find myself with more complaint before compassion? Do I undercut before I understand? And how do I treat people? This section of the parable reminds us, as a review and an application of verses 12 through 17 of Matthew 18, to seek the sheep that is lost and to address matters properly with your brother. We have two more sections, and this is the part I want to deal with quickly. Now the unforgiven servant. He was undeserving. He became unfortunate. Now he's unforgiven. In verses 32 through 34, he does not have a chance. There is now imprisonment for the rest of his life, or as in the case of the parable, eternity. His debt was forgiven, but he brought it back upon him. Now they are restored. That is a scary thought. And if we turn back into the world, we learn from Second Peter 2 and verse 21, it would be better to not have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered. When we fail to be forgiven, we must understand that our Father will do the same unto His children if we from our hearts do not forgive everyone His brother their trespasses. And this we are reminded in Mark or rather Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. 
If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There's really nothing else to say, friends. We see the greatness of God's mercy and forgiveness. So let's be reminded to have mercy and forgiveness upon others. Maybe this has prompted you to study the subject more. So let's continue studying together, shall we? Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Arching. Until next time, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.